0: What's up everyone and welcome to the Long Game podcast hosted by Thomas Koppelman and Trey DeVore. In each episode, you'll hear us break down financial topics that are relevant to the lives of millennials and other young professionals. Our goal is to help bring credible financial information to you in short bite-sized episodes.
1: Thomas Kopelman and Trayton DeVore are the co-founders
0: and financial planners at All Street Wealth. All opinions expressed by Thomas and Trayton are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of All Street Wealth. This podcast is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It should not be considered advice. Please consult with your financial advisor, tax, legal, and any other advisors you have before making any decisions regarding your financial plan. All right. What is up? And welcome back to another episode of the long game podcast. Today, we got Jacob and I again. So you guys are going to get a good feel for our flow and how we're going to handle this podcast to start the year. But I think the start of the year is a really important time for planning. I don't know about you, Jake, but like I've been getting an insane amount of prospects in this last month. Like I think I've had in December alone, almost like 15 good prospects reach out. I think for some it's bad planning on their part to be like what end of your tax planning and things can i do i'll tell you that is not the time to start to think about tax planning the time to start to think about good planning is actually right now january of this year and so this first you know this episode we're really going to talk about how to get organized for this year and how to really start to think through planning for business owners so jacob when just this whole topic where do you really where where does this start in your mind
1: I think the best way to frame this up, Thomas, for especially the business owners that we work with, is you have to start with what you're trying to accomplish. If you try to start with the strategies or you try to start with something that you heard, often that's gonna run awry. But if you start with what you're trying to accomplish, and the example that I would give is, let's say we're in January and we're thinking about what we're trying to do from a business standpoint, that's where it should start. And from there, it flows to everything else that's going on in your life. But I think it starts with ultimately, like, what does the business p look like? What are the opportunities I potentially have in the business? And then ultimately, based on that, what is going to be the flow of everything that's happening in the business to everything that's happening on the other side of my personal financial life? How do you think about that, Thomas?
0: Yeah, I think it's the, the I like that you said that because it's the same on make like, your own personal financial planning, right? Like, it's super easy. And I, I always kind of laugh at when I hear people's like processes, like, let's talk about your finances. Here's a plan. And it's like done in 120 minutes between all of that. Because at the end of the day, like we all know the order of operations of what you should be doing, right? Like, so to to this business owner here, you could say like, oh, you have too much cash Distribute it." Oh, Hey, you should be doing your SEP IRA or solo 401k or whatever. Hey, take a distribution for yourself. But like, That might be the worst advice for somebody who's buying a building this year. They're going to hire a couple new people, you know, whatever those goals are. And so I I think you're right. You really have to think through what does this year look like? And I just sat down with one of our business owner clients and we started with like a wishes thing. He was like, here's all of the people I want to hire, right? Like I want a full-time marketer. I need somebody who's going to do all these client meetings and, you know, I need a full-time executive assistant. And so we looked at and said, how did last year go? What is our forecast for this year? And if you did all of those things, what happens? And the answer was, if, if he hit all the goals he had for this year and he hired all of those people, still, it wouldn't be great. Financials would not really look great and said, okay, that's also our best case revenue situation in our mind. What's our middle case you know, revenue expectation here? Obviously, if that that were to happen, they could not make all of those hires. And so going through this exercise, we were able to say, let's prioritize, right? What's the number one hire that you have to make this year that's going to have the biggest impact in your business? And what he realized is actually like marketing and the executive assistant could hire both of them for cheaper than the other hire. And he thinks he still needs to do that role and so we're able to look at and say you could make both those hires even if you didn't grow this year you could still pay yourself the same your family could still be able to do the same things but i think this all just goes back to he had a ton of cash in the business right like if we didn't start with that goal in mind any sane person would say you should not be holding over six figures in here when that's more than what your salary is right this needs to be distributed But it actually ends up being the exact right way to do it because when you go in and raise your monthly expenses a ton, you want extra cash, right? As the business, knowing that your best asset is your business, you got to make sure your business survives and to invest a little bit more in the business early on to grow it is actually a really great decision.
1: Amen, man. The best advice I've ever gotten when it comes to like planning in general, whether it's personal financial life, business planning, or anything outside of that, even if it's just fitness, is start with the end in mind. Because if you start with the end in mind, it's much easier for you to essentially reverse engineer every single step that you need to do to get back to what should I be doing today in January to get to what I want it to look like in December, right? Versus oftentimes we don't, we don't start with the end in mind. We start with two months in mind and we say, well, in two months I want this to happen, but we really need to figure out like, well, what are we trying to accomplish long-term? And then deduce that down to what should I potentially be doing today? So Thomas if we take that a step further, what are you doing in your business at All Street right now to try to organize and kind of figure out what clients should potentially be thinking about, especially the business owners?
0: yeah, I think you know it, there's different types of business owners right there's some of them who they want to know everything and, and be and on everything there's other people who are like, you know let me just give you the information and you tell us what we need to do and we need to understand but like Getting organized one is you got to have your PL for the last year. Like I think this is by far most important thing of what was our revenue? What was our expenses? What was our profit margin? And then forecast that out for this year. And, and I totally understand that forecasts are garbage, right? Like they never end up being right. Like my forecast for last year, we crushed it. We doubled it, right? And so that's really exciting. That's something I absolutely love. But like Congrats. you still have to Congrats. have some guess. Well, thank you. That is still some guess that we have to have to be able to do the planning. So I think one is understanding your PL and estimating what that year is gonna be. I think for certain businesses, balance sheet's important. For me, balance sheet isn't important. We don't really own any assets, we don't have inventory. Um, you know, that starts all of these start to become really important to understand your basis and understand what your profit's going to be. I also think it's really important to to analyze it. So we have this really awesome sheet we created that like takes people's P&L, we have our tax planning in it, but also shows what are reoccurring expenses, what are one-off expenses, what are large parts of your expenses relative to your business. And one of my clients I was sitting down to last year, their revenue is amazing, their profit margin is terrible. And a few things that we were able to do is say like, Why are we not planning and buying in bulk for some of these products, right? You're buying these monthly from Costco when you could be buying these in bulk yearly from anywhere overseas. And that would actually cut it down to like 25% of the price. Okay, there's one product you're using here that makes up 40% of your entire revenue and costs. Why are we buying these? Why aren't we looking into other alternatives of things? Because this is the most expensive. Nobody knows the difference on them. And so until you actually are able to go through it and see these things, you don't know what changes you can make, right? And if you can cut some expenses and raise profit margin by 10%, that is a huge, huge difference in where you're going to be long-term. So I think to me, it really does start there on understanding both of those. But then I also think it does, you know, let's look into your business and like your cash reserves, right? Like what type of business are you? For me, I don't hold a lot of cash reserves because i'm a reoccurring subscription-based business and i Mm -hmm. basically distribute the extra money to myself either monthly or quarterly and so i don't feel a reason because my monthly income is so much higher than my monthly expenses that worst case scenario revenue goes down a little bit i can just pay myself less which is really not a big deal but that's very different than a business who might have like three clients and 50 percent of their revenue is one client if that person went away well, shoot, you're not able to pay everybody. You're going to need a lot more cash reserves. And then you could take that a step further and say, where is your cash? I think in this last quarter, I've sat down with 10 plus people who have quarter of a million to a million dollars in a checking account or somewhere not getting any yield. And everybody that acts like high yield savings accounts are a no brainer and easy to do. For business owners, it's actually hard to find the right places to put that cash. That's going to have the FDIC insurance that you need that is also going to have a yield and also isn't going to be like a horrible experience of how do we move money between and what's the tech experience and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, well, I think that goes back to why strategic planning where we're thinking out of the future is so important because as a business owner, and, and you and I can certainly speak to this, Thomas, on the day-to-day, you're so focused on either serving clients or you're focused on doing something day to day in your business, and oftentimes you don't come up for air and be able to have that quote unquote, 30,000 foot view of, okay, I just did this, all this stuff last year, what am I trying to do in 2024? And then ultimately, how am I going to accomplish it? And like you said, some of the tactical things, I think step one for a lot of these folks is just figuring out like, how much money do I have in my business? And what is the most optimal way for me to be using the money in my business? Am I going to be using it to either reinvest my business? Am I going to be looking to take it out in the future? Should I be taking it out now? And potentially, you know, we call it throwing it over the wall where we're really separating out the personal financial side with the business side and saying, okay, we have a couple hundred thousand dollars in our business bank account now. Let's take out everything over $200,000 because we've deemed that that's a good operating account number for us. And then now that we have $200,000 in there, What is the most optimal way for us to do that? I mean, one thing that we've seen business owners do and and help them facilitate is either just setting up another account, we custody at Fidelity, so we'll we'll set up a business account at Fidelity and potentially look to put some of the money just in a money market position where it's linked to their operating account. And then in a day's notice, they can get money back and forth, but they're still earning 5% roughly on that money where that becomes a significant income when you have hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting there. And Thomas, like me and you, we don't have a ton of inventory in our businesses, so maybe there isn't a huge need to keep that money in there. And if you're a business owner like that, I would encourage you to be thinking about, OK, should I be taking this money out and throwing it over the wall or should I be, should I be keeping it in? Because, well, Thomas, while well, me and you don't have these giant, we're not buying construction equipment where we need to keep millions of dollars in our business. There are hires that are going to come our way. There's going to be opportunities that if we have that money sitting in the business account, it allows us to be quick and take action if there's this opportunity that presents itself.
0: Yeah, I think the, the misconception here from a lot of business owners, because I'll say you know, 98% of the people that are business owners that are listening or that we interact with, they're not C-Corps, right? So holding that money in the business is not an advantage if you don't have a goal. So the thing I always start with here is like, what is the goal with your cash, right? And, and let's map out all those goals, emergency fund, hires, whatever those are, carve that out the rest of the money you're being taxed on all of this is flowing through to you yep. so you're choosing to take a tax hit without taking any money out of the business and you know there is there is a very good reason to reinvest back in your business there's a very good reason to re- to invest outside of your business and i think you know older generations were way worse about this it was everything goes to my business and that's going to be my retirement i'm going to sell it But we've seen a lot of people where that went terribly, right? Like, you know, either that industry entirely changes and it's not as valuable as it once was, or, you know, there's a million reasons down the line, but like, you know, I have some clients that I work with that, like, let's say they, you know, buy and resell things, right? So what you can do is you can always get more cash, buy more things, sell more, get more cash, buy more things, sell more but if that goes wrong one time, right? Like you just lost everything. And so it's in there not taking every new dollar but paying yourself, investing elsewhere that can be real estate, it can be, you know, retirement accounts, it can be your taxable brokerage account. But I think it really is having that, you know, right number. And I think early on in the business, it might be a lot of reinvesting back in the business. Later on it might be making sure that you're paying yourselves the right amount. And so in the beginning of the year, that's something that we you know, really look at for, for all of our business owners is are you paying yourself the right amount, right? Like, are, should you be paying yourself more in salary? Should you be paying yourself more in distributions? And, you know, it might be right now this came out, you don't really have much that you could change about how you paid yourself in last year to maximize the qualified business income deduction. Like this is something I talk about all the time, but look at this next year, right? I, I, I sit down with people all the time and they're like, I just want to pay myself a good salary. And then whatever's left <laughs> over, I'll pay in distributions. And, And let's say that number is 300,000, right? There is no reason to not be maximizing the qualified business income deduction and figuring out how much to pay in salary, how much to pay in distributions, because you'll still make the same amount at the end of the day. You just might pay a significantly less in tax by being smart in the way that you do it. And I think the last thing I would point uh, out here is this is a really good time to think about entity structure. Beginning of the year, what did last year look like? Do the analysis of what you think this year is going to look like Is, you know, being a partnership the best move? Is being an S-Corp the best move? Is being a C-Corp the best move? Analyze this and and then make the decision. You really do have till the middle of March to file that S-Corp election. And, you know, technically you could kind of do it later in the year. I've really never seen anybody get denied for it, but this is the time to start making all of those planning moves, not your end.
1: If you're a business owner listening to this too, the one thing I would say is the the root cause, what I believe, and Thomas, I'd be, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, but I think the root cause of why a lot of business owners end up keeping all this cash in their business is because if you think about the journey of being a business owner, when you first start, your goal is, okay, I just want to make some money. I want to have profit, right? And then you make some profit and you, you hire some people. And then the next goal is every two weeks, I want to make sure that no matter what, I can make payroll. And then after you hire some people, maybe you start making some reinvestments further back into the business and you realize that, you know, every couple of months or every year, every quarter, there's these opportunities for me to take a large chunk of that invested back in my business. And you've been slowly stair-stepping this approach the entire time. And I think oftentimes what you don't realize as a business owner is you have this blind spot of you're saying, like, I just want to make sure that I have the money in the business. And I think it goes back to something that we talked about in an earlier episode was the value of advice. Having somebody else to be the sounding board around how much money you should potentially keep in the business, having somebody else to take a look at your P&L and say, OK, based on what I'm seeing here, here's like a fresh set of eyes. And I think based on this, we should be keeping X amount of dollars in the business. Is there another reason why we have more than that? Because don't blame yourself for wanting to have more money in the business. That's just the inevitable part of being a business owner. You're, you stair stepped this entire way. And you have this safety net of keeping the money in the business, but does that mean it's the most optimal? No. And ultimately having a second set of eyes and having somebody give you direction on here's what I'm seeing and having that back and forth conversation can be immensely valuable.
0: Yeah. I think on this, on this note, like a good financial planner like us can help on this to a certain degree. Right. Like I think the, you know, the small solo businesses, you know, you know, few employees, service-based business, maybe a few million revenue, Financial planner can help you make these key decisions, but eventually you graduate beyond that, right? Like I'll have people sit down with me; they have like fifty employees, they're doing ten plus million revenue, and they're like, you know, help be our outsourced CFO. And it's like you need a real outsourced CFO. I think one of the most yeah. strategic hires that mid-size, small to mid sized businesses can make is having somebody who has financial knowledge. And I bring this up to all my clients when they hit this point and say, you guys are at the point where you need to hire an outsource CFO. I would not go hire a full-time person. Here's why. One, there's not enough work. Two, you can't pay for a qualified out, a qualified CFO who's going to be above a quarter million dollar salary. But what you can do is you can hire a CFO who has a lot of experience who semi-retired and now they work with, you know, 5 to 10 clients on a, you know, 10 hour, you know, basis a month because a lot of the times what happens, most of the owners I work with, they were really good at earning. They're really good at a job. That job grows, it turns into a business and all of a sudden they're the CFO and they know nothing about it. They don't know what metrics to track. They don't know what the numbers mean. They don't know how to make decisions from those numbers. Having somebody to be really strategic in that is gonna be something that's gonna be really valuable for you long-term. And then what happens is you keep them there. Maybe they turn into full-time over time or you get ready to do full-time and they can help educate and, and teach that person and help them grow into that role.
1: Now, spot on. I mean, so we've talked a little bit about kind of strategic planning long term for the business owner, some of the tactical things that maybe they should be thinking about. Really, I think the last thing for business owners to be thinking about at this point in the year is starting to get organized on everything that happened last year. So when I think about, Thomas, for the clients that we work with, the business owners, you know, we're sending out tax letters at this point in the year to CPAs that have all the 1099s, all the different investment accounts they have, any K-1s that are going to be coming in that, Getting organized with your financial team now is going to save you a lot of stress down the road when it gets to tax filing deadline and you're not running up against the clock to try to gather all these documents at the last place. So I would love to hear what you guys are doing for business owners to help them get organized in this part of the year.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I think for us, we use the beginning of next, uh, the beginning of the year. I guess that's when this is coming out to, to do that because at the end of the calendar year, we're doing all the fine tuning of end of year tax planning. Yep. Do we have room left to maximize your four hundred one k's or HSAs? You know, how much could we do in the solo four hundred one k employer side? How much could we do on the SEP for the employer side? And I always talk about I don't love SEPs, but like we have some people who they both work W two and then they have a side business, and a SEP is way easier because they don't even have the employee contribution and the employer side could get to be the same. We're looking at how much should we pay out in salary versus distributions for QBI? Is there any end-of-year spending or things that we need to do? Are we, you know, paying out bonuses? Like we're doing a lot of that fine-tuning at year end. The beginning of the year is when we are doing, you know, doing a lot of the tax stuff, talking to their um, CPAs, but there's also when we do brand new financial plans for the year. So I believe beginning of the year is the best time to say what happened last year. What do we think is going to happen this year? What are the goals? What do you think you're planning for? Let's get a brand new financial plan for the year. And then we do all of the, we do tax planning there, but the key tax planning meeting for us comes right after 2023 tax returns are done and sent to us. So we can look at what happened last year, forecast this year, do the tax planning. And at the end of the year, we fine tune it based on what happened.
1: It's amazing how you can take all these strategies, but at the end of the day, you have to know how to apply them to your own life. If you're a business owner listening out there and you're listening in January of 2024 to this podcast, there's still things that you can do, okay? There's still contributions potentially to certain retirement accounts that you could look to make. So it's still worthwhile if you haven't reached out to your CPA or your financial professional on your team saying, okay, what are the potential options I have? But much to your point, Thomas, this is really the time of the year to start being strategic and having a 30,000 foot view, not only in your business, but also in your personal finances and having that plan for the year. A financial plan is a living, breathing document. It should constantly be changing. Your life is constantly changing. When I think about my own financial journey, going from an 18 year old kid to now at 32, my life has changed drastically. The things that I'm focused on have changed drastically. The accounts I contribute to, the types of investments I make, those are all so different than what it looked like at 18. And I didn't just come up with a new plan You know, 15 years later. I said, every single year, what are the incremental steps that like, I should potentially be thinking about or changing? And that only becomes heightened. The more money you make, the more opportunities you have. If you're a business owner or you're a professional athlete, and you have all these opportunities coming in, Taking the baby steps every single year at this point in time is crucial for that long-term success.
0: Yeah. And I think at this point, this is where people hear all these things. They're like, I've never thought about any of these. I haven't been strategic about it. Like, what do I do? And I think this is why advisors exist. This is why you hire advisors. And, you know, sometimes we are like, oh, you know, should I pay somebody like, you know, my minimum fee is $12,000 a year. Should I pay somebody $12,000 a year? That feels like a lot. It's like, I pay my assistant more than that. I pay all my hires more than that. I have a video editor, like I have all of these people I hire in my life. And why do I do that when I could do those roles is because those aren't my best roles. I spend my time in the lane that I'm best at and I outsource the rest of the things. And this is how business owners should think, right? Like, let's say you make $500,000 a year, right? That means per month you're making $40,000. That means $10,000 a week. You know, that means every 10 hours, you know, you're making pretty good amount, a few thousand dollars. So if hiring somebody is going to save you 20, 40, 50 plus hours a year of having to go figure this out, it's probably worth outsourcing.
1: Yeah. And to to kind of wrap up here on this episode, if you hear us say one thing today, it's planning, 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 and it's the value in planning. And whether you are doing that planning internally in your business and you feel like you have some competent people, you can lean on there or you're outsourcing that planning or in your personal financial life, you're doing it yourself or you're outsourcing that planning to a professional, no matter what planning, planning, planning guys, there's so much you can be doing. If you do it on the upfront and you take those little baby steps every single year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. I think you're right. It doesn't have to be us. It doesn't have to be a financial advisor. It doesn't have to be a specific somebody. It just has to be, you're doing it right. You have to set time aside. And I think for business owners, it's hard, right? Like, I, I'm always overwhelmed. I always have so much work to do. My to-do list is always really long. I'm never as soon as I cross down on it, it grows bigger, right? And so what ends up happening is we prioritize our business. We don't necessarily prioritize all of the other key strategic decisions. And that's why I always recommend people like book those, right? Like a big value add, I think we have with clients is it is dedicated time to doing the things that need to be done. And guess what the next meeting is a due date to doing those things. And I'm sending you reminders. I'm throwing this in your face. And like, I think if you asked any one of my business owner clients, they're like, We wouldn't remember to do any of these things if we didn't have this, because it's hard for us to think about anything else. We have kids, we have a family, we're traveling, you know, we own a business, you know, our spouse has another job. Like we barely have time to manage our lives, let alone do the things that are nice to do, even though we know they'll have an impact. And I think setting time aside, blocking it out, doing it, giving yourself due dates becomes really impactful.
1: No, spot on. I I couldn't agree with you more there, Thomas
0: well perfect man awesome second episode It feels like i have a new podcast now so i'm calling it our second episode even though i think it's like 130 something but jake this has been super fun man appreciate you coming on and everybody thank you for listening i think we're getting close to 45 star reviews so we'd love you know all the new followers and people jake's bringing in to please leave us an honest review and subscribe um and we will see you guys for a really fun episode next week